Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Wish's bride, Tabitha Crest, about her wedding at the Grand Floridian at Walt Disney World. And I think you might be interested in hearing about the details of how she pulled all of this off. So welcome, Tabitha. Hi, Carrie. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I'm curious to know how you guys, being from the UK, decided to get married at Walt Disney World. Well, I'm Australian and I live in London and Paul's British, so he's obviously lived in England for his whole life. And when you've got family in Australia and we had guests from Canada and we had guests from Florida, we even had a local come to our wedding, it was like, well, people are going to have to travel regardless as to where we decide to get married. So I looked literally all over the world. I looked at Cyprus, I looked at Greece, I looked in Australia, I looked in Fiji and Vanuatu and all kinds of fabulous exotic places, but no one could get even close to the, the packages that we could get with Disney. We were originally planning an escape wedding until all these people decided they wanted to come. So we kind of had to upgrade at the <laughs> closing into the last minute so that we could accommodate everyone that wanted to come. But that's why we chose Disney because we absolutely love it and we knew people could make a great vacation out of it. That's neat. And that's an interesting point you make. I'm glad to hear that you did your research around the globe because I think a lot of people who aren't as familiar with Disney, they think that Disney weddings are just sort of like the choice of someone who isn't adventurous enough to go outside the U.S. or something. But if you're telling me you looked at all those places. <laughs> I really did. That's great. And just all of the little added bonuses and like the fact that we got the annual passes and they provided the champagne. And at that point, like obviously they were providing the photography. It was literally like a one-stop shop. And we could basically have everything that we needed. We didn't have to do all of the extra stuff that we eventually did, but that's only because it was great fun and we found ourselves fortunate enough to be able to do that. But I saw a friend of mine get married in Mauritius and it was absolutely beautiful, but she got like 20 photos in a book and was sent on her way. And I didn't want that. I wanted something that we could really personalize. That's great. So how did your friends and family react when they found out where your wedding was going to be? Um, well, we told them so far in advance. I'm not actually sure they believed us to begin with. <laughs> so, but as the as time went on and I sort of dropped it into every conversation and whatnot, to be honest with you, my family was going to come wherever we decided to go. If we decided to get married in Antarctica, they would have come. Hmm. So the fact that they got to go somewhere where they hadn't been before, because we're all quite avid travelers in my family. So the fact that they got to go somewhere they hadn't been before and experienced something completely different, it was great. My best friend and her husband, who was my bridesmaid, obviously she was not her husband, and <laughs> would never, ever, ever in a million years decide to go on a Disney holiday. And the fact that we kind of gave them the opportunity to do that and experience something they never would have done by themselves, they, they're just so grateful that they got to experience it. Not that they'd ever go back, but they just had such an amazing time doing something completely out of their comfort zone. Oh, that's interesting and, and great to hear. How many guests ended up making the trip? 
There was 27 of us all together in the end and we were actually able to add on an extra two guests just to come to the dessert party in the evening because my friend's mother was there with her whole family and her younger sister really wanted to come but probably didn't want to stay out the whole day for the wedding so she was able just to meet us at Epcot with a friend of hers and come to the dessert party. Oh, that's nice. Now, which locations did you choose for your ceremony and your reception? And your dessert party. <laughs> <laughs> That's the important one. Um, to be honest, we actually started off at the Yacht Club gazebo when it was just going to be literally a really, really small affair. And then when it got a little bit bigger, we branched out a little bit and started to have a look at Seabreeze Point. But then when Paul saw the wedding pavilion, he thought, you know what, we've just got to have it there, don't we? <laughs> um, and to be honest, I'm really glad we changed our mind from an outdoor to an indoor venue because it was so warm on our day and I would have absolutely died. I did photos outside the Grand Floridian literally for like 10 minutes and I was sweating buckets. It was horrendous. So the fact that we decided on an air-conditioned venue was a really good idea at the end of the day. That's great. And originally we were looking at the Whitehall room and patio because I really had this thing in my head about having indoor and outdoor space just to give people the option of going out and getting some fresh air or anything like that. But we were told at our 16-month mark that it was already booked for a conference. So I was a little bit gutted to start with, but it really pushed us outside our comfort zone. So we had a look at the rest of the um, the patio spaces like St. James's Room at Boardwalk and places like that, but nothing was really ticking the boxes. So we thought, well, we can do an in-park venue, why not? So we looked at Living Seas and it just ticked every box for us. We both love aquariums and the, we loved the feel of the room. Even before we got in there, we just loved how warm and cosy and inviting it is. And even though it's quite a large space, it didn't feel like we were rattling around in there. We really did feel like it was quite intimate, even with the small amount of people that we had. So that was awesome. And then our dessert party was at UK Lockside, and that's simply because it has the best view of the fireworks. <laughs> and it was available. So we had that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So now, did you have a theme? Did you take Living Seas and run with it? Or did you just do colors? Or how did you do that? No, we just did colors. Um, we found the Blue Orchid and that kind of then sang the song for the rest of the wedding. Everything was blue and white. You name it, it was blue and white. There was blue, there was white, there was blue and white. So <laughs> different shades of blue, but it was all pretty much blue and white. I managed to get my flowers from an artificial flower supplier here in the UK called Silk Blooms, and she was able to custom airbrush the orchids for me to eliminate the purple because you know how there's usually a ring of purple inside the orchid? Oh she was able to take that out for me. So it literally just went from like a dark blue into a royal blue into an aqua into a white into the center of the flower. So, yeah, everything was blue and white. That's great. I take it you changed out the lime green tablecloths in Living Seas for blue and white also? Yes. Yeah, yep. The, we had the, the blue ones to the floor with the white over the top. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So tell me a bit about how you chose the characters who made appearances at your wedding. We went with the two. We went with Donald and Daisy. We originally were hoping to that the budget would stretch to add Mickey in at the end as well, but that just didn't actually work out that way. I had better things to spend my money on at the end of the day. Paul is a huge Donald fan. Absolutely everything is Donald. It's just fabulous. But he likes Angry Donald. So if we could have gotten Angry Donald, he would have just been in his element, but had to go with Happy Donald. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and our guests really love them, but the best bit was is that Paul forgot. 
we were sitting there at, at, at the sweetheart table having a chat and I had one of the Living Seas people come and whisper in my ear, do you want the characters now? And I'm like, well, yeah, if they're ready, let's go now. And Paul's just in his own little world going la, 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 la. And then he started, he heard the music that we'd queued up for when the ducks come in and he, he was like a kid in a candy store. He was like, oh, my God, I've completely forgot. I've got the ducks coming. Aww. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it was really cool. And they really interacted well with all of our guests. We had um, two little babies there and they just thought they were the best things in the world. And they came in and they had a little dance. Then we cut the cake and we went up to the Living Sea sign and had all of our photos and portraits done in front of that with them. Yeah, they, they really spent time with all of the guests and they signed our guest book. And, yeah, they were just they were a really good addition and really glad we had them. That's fantastic. So then when you were planning, what were the most and least important aspects when you were focusing your time and attention and your budget? Most important, without a shadow of a doubt, was photography and videography. I know that's probably a really cliche answer, but that at the end of the day, that's what you take away from your wedding. You take your memories, you take your rings, you take a spouse and you take your photos and your video that's that's what you come home with so that was where we, we really focused a lot of our budget we went with Regina Hyman as our photographer and I'd been stalking her for years when she was working for Disney and I remember the exact moment when she posted on Facebook that she was going freelance and I'm in there typing away going I need you I need you book me book me let me in let me in <laughs> so we booked her straight away and then after seeing a couple of videos done by Trinity we decided to go with them and one thing that we did during our planning session was that we really took the time to meet up with all of our vendors before the big day because we were obviously lucky enough to be able to do that. But just to be able to put faces to the names and it just made all of the communication after that just a lot more comfortable. It was like chatting to a friend rather than sort of someone that you have a business relationship with. So they were absolutely amazing on our day. And to this day, people are still saying how good our vendors were and how lovely they were to deal with. And yeah, they were excellent choices. That's a really good point. I like that idea of meeting up with them when you're on your planning session, if possible. Mm, we did it with all our vendors. We did it with um, Kevin Knox as well, just so that on the day, like especially with your photographers and videographers, they're walking into your room technically while you're still in your pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> Having that rapport and that relationship before you get to that point, I found really, really helpful. That's cool. And were there any aspects where you were just weren't as interested or you thought, well, we can save some money here? Basically any kind of decoration, any kind of decor, it just really wasn't our thing. We took all of our personal floral from home because all of our personal floral was um, artificial and silk flowers. I think our final floral BEO was less than $1,000. It was just really nothing that we took too much time over. We had a little bit of decoration in the wedding pavilion, like a couple of cylinders with floating candles, but that was a last minute addition. And all of our centerpieces were, there was no floral involved in that either. They were three levels of martini glasses filled with glow cubes. So yeah, there really wasn't anything that we were too fussed about. Interesting. But everything we did was beautiful. So it turned out really well. That's great to hear. So what ended up being your favorite memory of the wedding day? Oh, my favorite memory. I organized a DeLorean to come and pick Paul up from the contemporary to take him to the ceremony at the Grand Floridian. And it was just the best thing in the world. I was up, still getting ready in my room and photography and videography, I begged them to go down to capture that moment of him getting in and seeing the car. And I was so nervous. I'm like, oh God, I hope he likes it. I really, really hope he likes it. Because I'd been speaking to Jim from Orlando DeLorean Rental for years, literally, it was 2012 that I'd reached out to him originally to say, can I, you pencil me in for our wedding date? 
and I was just so nervous that everything would go off and he Paul walked outside the front and I told him to be in the lobby at 12 o'clock to get in the limo to go to the Grand Floridian and so he saw the limo and just started walking towards the limo and luckily enough I clued up the rest of the boys to say Paul's going in the DeLorean you guys are going in the limo and they're all going uh no you're not going in that car you're going in that and they're all pointing over to it and the photos of his reaction are just amazing and I just love the fact that they were down there to capture it all for me the photo and video then came back up to me and I was literally jumping up and down in my dress going did he like it did he like it and they were going yes he loved it like oh thank god for that oh that's awesome what a great story wicked because he then he stayed until after the ceremony as well so after we did our staged exit and everything we were able to take photos with the DeLorean together so they're some of our favorite photos Oh, that's wonderful. And now, how does that work? Can only one passenger ride in the DeLorean or do you squeeze in like they did at the end of Back to the Future where she's like <laughs> sitting on his lap? <laughs> no, 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 no. There's no squeezing into these things. It's just the driver and a passenger. But it's so cool. You pop out the um, the glove box in the car and it's been signed by the cast. Oh. Yeah, and Paul's really into anything that's got a signature on it. So, And he had a hoverboard that he had a little play with as well. It was just so cool. That's great. So it sounds like everything went really well. Was there anything that went wrong or maybe just didn't turn out like you expected? Um, there was a couple of things, but they're looking back, they're so minute that they really don't matter. But Disney gave us too much sand for our sand ceremony. Huh? Um, it was one that we provided. It was one of the forever frames that has the stopper in it so that you can travel with it and the sand doesn't move. But because they'd given us too much sand, it had gone up and above the stopper point. So they put the stopper in upside down. <gasps> and then by the time it got back to our room, the sand had already moved. So that was a, yeah, a little bit upsetting at the time. But looking back, it's really not that much of a big deal. Right. And we had orange slushies at our dessert party and I had talked them up to everybody going how amazing these are and how wonderful they are and I can't wait to get into them when we got to the dessert party. And they were absolutely rubbish. They weren't even close to the ones in France. Weird. I don't understand. He was making them with like fresh orange juice and I'm really sure that there's no fresh anything in these slushies when you actually (laughs) get them from France. And I actually emailed my planner about both of those things and – I was given some remark about how they're done by different parts of the company. And I'm like, I'm standing in UK Lockside going, France is just there. I could have just gone for a walk and got myself one yeah. and then come back to the dessert party. So I only really got a sorry for that bit. It's not really too much of a big deal. Okay. Only one other thing I would like to tell every single bride to remember to get this stuff out of the trunk of the car that takes you back to the hotel. <gasps> Because we didn't. Oh, no. We were sat in the car and we were chatting away to the driver. He wasn't He wasn't really with it. It was late. Maybe he was tired. I'm not sure. Um, but we were talking about the, the fact that we had stuff in the trunk. I have to remember to grab that. And then when we got to the contemporary, we just got out and he left. And it wasn't until we were about halfway back to the room, I thought, oh, he's got all of our stuff. And that's like everything. That was our leftover cake, our toasting flutes, our sand ceremony, all of our cards, the couple of gifts that we got. Everything was in the back of his car. So I have to give my hat off to the contemporary concierge staff because there was four of them on different computers and phones and goodness knows what else trying to track this guy down. And somehow, magically, they did. They tracked him down and within an hour we had our stuff back in our room. So gay contemporary staff. Uh That's wonderful. I'm glad they had a good resolution. (laughs) Right. I cried my eyes out. I absolutely sobbed like a child. <laughs> Aww. So then was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like a big deal beforehand and then turned out not to be? 
I was really, really worried about people turning up on time and people being where they needed to be, etc. Like, obviously, once they got to the wedding pavilion, we'd organised all of the transport. So after that point, it wasn't an issue. But just making sure everyone got there on time was my biggest worry. And I have to say, my worry was founded because the night before, we had our welcome dinner at Ohana. And one of the couples was an hour late. Ooh. An hour late to the who does that? So, yeah, but thank Goodness, everyone was where they needed to be on time and everything was fine. <laughs> oh, that's great. And then is there anything you would have done differently, maybe besides like going to France to get your own slushie instead of having them make them? <laughs> anything else that you would do differently knowing what you know now? That's really the only thing that I would do differently is the fact that I wouldn't have bothered with the slushies at the dessert party. Everything else ran like clockwork. There was, you just, I couldn't fault anything that they did. It was just amazing. That's great. And do you have any tips or advice for future Disney brides and grooms? Two. The first one would be don't be afraid to ask for a cheaper alternative because at the end of the day, our wedding planners, and as much as they love us, they're just glorified salespeople. They're trying to obviously get you to have the most amazing day but maybe make a little bit of money on the side as well. But every time that we were told it was going to cost this much for you to have this, I would go back and say, surely there's another way that we could do this. Um, for instance, we had petals going down the side of the aisle in the wedding pavilion. Turns out that silk petals are almost half the price of real petals. And in pictures and whatnot, you can't tell the difference. So we went with a medium coverage of silk petals with three different colours, which cost the same as what a light coverage of normal like real petals in one color would have cost so yeah if if you if as long as you're willing to to ask the question then there are different ways of doing things and i think one of the things i would like to really recommend is take care of your vendors because you want them to do the best job possible on the day and i I didn't think it was a big deal when i did it originally but it turns out it was a big deal um i set the vendor table the same way that we set the guest tables like I did them name tags they left I left them favors they got a sign on the table they were on the seating chart because they really meant a lot to us and we wanted to make sure that they knew how much they meant to us and that we really wanted to make sure they were included on the day and apparently that's not normal so if if they're if they're people that really mean something to you then I would really recommend take care of them feed them what you feed your guests because they have a 10-hour day as well. Like our, our vendors were with us from 11 o'clock in the morning until nearly 11 o'clock at night. Wow. So we need to make sure that they get a decent meal or else they're just eating granola bars out of their backpacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these are great, great tips. Is there any place online that my listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day? Mainly Facebook groups these days. I have photos in pretty much all of them. But my albums that I have on my own Facebook page are public albums. So I can send you through the links to those if anyone wants to have a look. Great. That'll be perfect. Well, Tabitha, thank you so much for sharing all these tips. I think you've offered a lot of great advice for future brides and grooms, ones who want to do something out of the box, whether it's having a DeLorean or feeding their (laughs) vendors well. (laughs) So I appreciate your taking the time. Excellent. Thank you very much for having me. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, 
available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com/weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com. <laughs>